You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello, spiritual trailblazers. I am so excited to be speaking with you today. (laughs) All right, so as I start off every podcast, let's make some time to find something or some things to be grateful for each and every day. If we look hard enough, we will find something for which we can show, display, Remember, live out the art of gratitude. Being grateful just really makes our world magical. And I know every time I say I'm grateful for something, I receive more blessings. And I'm not saying it in a selfish way. What I'm expressing here is that the more of something we choose to see in the world, the more likely we are to bring that into our world. So play gratitude as often as possible. Of course, this isn't going to stop negativity from happening, but we can minimize that if we start with gratitude each and every day. You'll be surprised how many people I hear (laughs) talk about how they hate the mornings like, okay, you cannot like it, but there's something to be grateful for in, I don't know, waking up in the morning. (laughs) So if you have any questions or comments about this episode, kindly visit me at Instagram. My handle is Tia underscore Johnson underscore. You will see a picture there and a notification that will state new podcast alert. Or if you want your question or comment to be a little bit more private, you can head over to my Facebook group, Spiritual and Empowerment Living. You can post it there. It it will be the, the same image. And you can connect with other amazing spiritual trailblazers like yourself. So August is what will be your legacy month? So as I stated in the previous episodes, we will be focusing all on legacy. We are creating our legacy, legacy, each and every one of us. Every single day, we are doing something that is leaving our mark in the world, something that will be passed down to the next generation, whether or not we have children, because we are all putting our energy, our vibe. There's something about us that we're putting out there that's leaving a mark somewhere in the world. Okay, so 
I really wanted to uh, help you to get laser, laser focused with your legacy. What does that mean? What does it look like? Just really looking at different aspects of legacy, okay? So when you're on this path of um, honing in on what this legacy means to you, I want you to think about this episode's topic, five growth strategies that will make your legacy last. And that's really what it's all about, those growth strategies. If we think about um, some of the brands that have lasted, gosh, 100 years, you know, it, there's something to be said about that. So I really want to um, talk about that. You know, what makes it last? Why are some things um, lasting longer than others? Okay, so before we dive into that, I want to give you a reminder to check out the Spiritual and Empowerment Living blog. You can go to blog.tiamariejohnson.com. I post there weekly. Uh, This week will be a little bit special because I am going to be discussing Dinner on Blanc. Uh, I'm a table leader this year, so the blog post will be up on Friday this week, not Wednesday, but hang tight. You can still check out last week's post, which is the the green drink elixir that will change your life. I got into creating green drinks or smoothies, and it's been lots of fun, and I've learned a lot. I made some mistakes (laughs) along the way, but uh, check it out. Um, I am really focusing a lot on eating healthier and uh, consistently going to the gym. So if you want to know some of the inside scoops of what I'm doing to uh, live the lifestyle that is helping me to maintain clarity, uh, helping me to reevaluate things going on in my life, and uh, just recommendations. For example, last week I made a recommendation of a book of a book that I'm reading that's really helping me along my eating lifestyle. I like to say eating lifestyle, not diet. So you can join my newsletter. I share things there that I don't share really anywhere else. <laughs> so you can head on over to tiamariejohnson.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there and get the inside scoops on uh, various things. Again, from uh, eating better to uh, traveling to just a lot of things. All right. So the five growth strategies that will make your legacy last, because remember, we are all creating something in this world. Number one is to become immortal. Yes, become immortal. When you think about it, this involves having something in print, video, speech. And I even want to throw in here the corporal works of mercy, and I will talk about that in a little bit. So the reason why I said become immortal is because I think about some of the actors and actresses from the golden era, okay, of Hollywood. They are icons. They truly are icons. I mean, when you think about uh, actors from that point on, it just becomes legendary. Their brand, who they were at the time. Uh, sometimes people know who their children are, 
and even um, modern day actors and actresses, how they have created their brand and, you know, made countless, um, countless movies and uh, movies that really just change the course of your life sometimes. So I encourage you to print that book. Everyone has a story to tell. Maybe you don't want to tell your whole story. That's okay. I'm not going to pressure you to do something that really isn't right for you. And I know I talk about stepping into the zone of not being comfortable and doing something, but this is slightly different. Some stories aren't meant to be shared, okay? Or sometimes they're meant to be shared at a later date. You know, some things are really sensitive uh, for people and it's really vulnerable, um, or puts them in, in, in a vulnerable state. They're just not ready for that, and that's okay. Maybe you can tell parts of your story. Maybe you can write poems. Uh, maybe you can write a how-to book. So print, even if it's a blog. Uh, get it out there. Video. It seems like video is everywhere now. <laughs> you have Facebook Live, Instagram uh, Live. Um, gosh, you, uh, Periscope videos everywhere, whether it's live or not. YouTube, it goes on and on and on. The great thing about it is that you can always be discovered, right, via the use through uh, SEO. You know, you have your keywords. You can make a video, and, you know, two years later, someone stumbles on it. It's like, oh, this is this is great. So this is how you keep the buzz going on about you. You have something in print, and if you do it consistently, whether it's weekly or biweekly or monthly basis, you know, you do something that's consistent. People are expecting that, you know, and it adds more to your credentials. So, you know, even if you publish a book and it, it hits its peak and it plateaus, plateaus, you know, there's a new generation being born every single moment, it seems like. So uh, what I'm saying here is that uh, think of books like Think and Grow Rich or um, that's another one, um, How to Influence People and Win Friends. Those books have been out for decades, okay, and people are still swearing by that literature. So, you know, that book is, is a classic or those books are classics. So, you know, get something out there in print, video, speech. So start talking more. Even if it's in front of a small crowd, everyone's purpose is not to go on an international tour, or, you know, hit up hundreds of cities and things like that. Sometimes it's local, and that's okay, because your purpose could be to help a group of people in that one area, you know, your city or your city in a surrounding city or the tri-state area. That's okay, but... You know, start talking, get the conversation going about whatever bugs you, whether it's, oh, you know, I really want to find my life purpose. This can't be it. There has to be more to life than this. Or if it's something political, or if it's something to do with helping animals or the earth, you know, whatever really just, just has that spark, you know, whatever just fuels you, okay, that passion, that that it factor that, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm just so passionate about it and I got to talk about it. So find something that uh, you take pleasure 
and talking about it, you know that it will help people or the environment or animals. And then there are the corporal works of mercy. And uh, I wanted to mention this because sometimes I come across people who say, Tia, you know, I'm not a writer. Um, I'm not a talker. I don't like talking in front of people, you know, video. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> their face on the screen and playback. Some people can't phantom it. Okay. It's like giving them, you know, the most crazy experience that involves torture and no video. Hell no. <laughs> okay. So when people do good deeds, especially if it's on a scale that's so great that people just keep talking about it. Did you hear what so-and-so did for that guy? Did you see what they're, they're doing over there? People will, will write and talk about you. So if you are none of the things, you know, if, if you're not someone who's in the video, if you're not someone who likes to talk, if you're not someone who, who likes to write, that's okay. You can just still do things that are of service. So the corporal works of mercy, in case you forgot, um, they are one, to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned or ransom uh, the captive, to bury the dead. And I don't remember the ransom, the captive part. I went to Catholic school. I just remember visit the imprisoned. But uh, ran, ransom the captive must be a new one. But anyway, it's basically about doing uh, service for people and expecting nothing in return. Okay, and we could do this each and every day, whether it's buying someone a cup of coffee, saying, ah, don't worry about it, uh, you know, paying for someone's lunch, donating your clothes. It's There are countless things you can do here. But what I'm saying is, when we do it consistently, here, here it comes again, you know, when we're doing something over and over and over again, people will start to talk. You will have something out there that's going to go on and on and on and on, and people will not forget. In the words of Maya Angelou, people will forget what you have done for them, but they will not forget how you made them feel. So even if you gave food to someone one day, you know, whether you pay for their lunch or you literally just gave them, um, you know, a burger or a slice of pizza, they will remember that feeling. They will remember how you gave them the food. Okay, so if you were very kind-hearted and say, hey, you know, brother, sister, don't, don't worry about it. You know, we all go through, you know, hard times. You know, they may cry and say thank you. You, you know, you walk away, no problem. And you never know, that homeless person may turn around and get their, themselves together and they may find you and say, you know, thank you, you know, I, I was down on, on my luck and, and you, you did something really nice and I appreciate that and I want to show you my appreciation. You never know how it's going to come back around. But uh, yeah, number one is to become immortal and you, you do this by having something in print, a book, blogs a blog post, a video, okay, you can upload that on YouTube, Facebook, it, it will always be there, especially when you use certain keywords, speech, talking, just 
Get out there. Get your voice heard. You know, make some noise when you have to. <laughs> and the corporal works of mercy. Okay. And I know when people perform these uh, works of mercy, they're not doing it for people to talk about them. But if you are someone, as I said a few moments ago, who, you know, you're, you're not a talker, you're not a writer, you're not um, someone who's good with video, or you're just, you don't want your face on video. Keep in mind that these things that we tend to do on a daily basis still provides multiple ways for us to constantly have that it factor going on for us, where people remember what we are doing. Because it really is about doing something that people cannot stop talking about. Okay, think about how many people still dress up as Marilyn Monroe. You know, people cannot stop talking about her. Okay. So number two is you want to make a movement, not just a statement. Okay. I was watching, I forget which show, but um, one lady said, this isn't just a hashtag. It, you know, this isn't about a popularity uh, contest. This is a movement. What we're doing here uh, is working towards the rights of the people. So I encourage you to whatever it is you choose to do for your legacy. And you know that I know that <laughs> you're helping people, you're doing good, um, that you have to not hold yourself back if you fail. Okay. And what I mean by that is there's a transition that happens when you start something, whether it's your business, whether it's finally living your life, whether it's removing yourself from certain situations, uh, you're going to stumble, okay? You're going to hit your knee. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to make some mistakes. But I don't want you to let that hold you back, okay? So when I say, you know, make it a movement, not just a statement, this does not mean that you will not fail in some way, shape, or form in this process, okay? We are going to make mistakes. We just have to learn from them. So while you're on this process of making your legacy last, you're going to do things that won't work, okay? Write it down, do some reflection, you know, and also remember the timeline of uh, things that uh, when you are on the path of recovery from that failure, and some people don't like to say failure. They like to say that they're um, still winning or they're succeeding and they're learning. But in this case, I want to say when you fail, when it doesn't work out the way you want it to work out, okay, you're not a poser. You're not a fake, okay? Um, all you got to do is reroute. So what that means is the timeline for recovery may take longer than expected. It may take you three, four months, you know, to finish this. It may take six months for you to really figure out, okay, what's the plan here? What do I need to do? How can I get back to my center 
to make this brand my legacy, okay, a movement. So what I like to think about uh, includes musicians who become icons. It's like they have a movement, okay? They put great music out there, and some of that music really touches your soul, okay? It ignites something within you. They talk about love and breakup and politics and um, being a visionary and, you know, what what would the world be like if it was like this or like that? And then you get to know them a little bit. They do interviews. Okay, that was number one, videos. Okay, so then they do interviews and you really get to uh, get a sneak peek of who they truly are. And you realize, wow, this person really created something here. Their legacy is so powerful. They have millions of people who are looking up towards them as a guide. Have you ever looked at videos of Super Bowl's past or concerts past where there are people that it just goes on and on and on? You wonder, where does it stop? And it's, you know, this musician and that musician, and it's just, crazy and now we can see it on Instagram with um actors and you know just almost anybody who constantly puts out material has millions of followers they get millions of likes and thousands of comments okay so that's a movement in a way you know so i want you to get people to want to move to do something okay not just say what they're thinking about, what, they, what they're going to do, you know, you know, oh, we'll start on this day. Just really make them move. Because a movement really is a group of people who are working together, right? So that way they can advance, okay, their shared interests. All right? So think about that. Think about your tribe, and think about the shared interest. I know people who listen to this podcast, um, we have a shared interest of wanting to ignite our spirituality, wanting to empower ourselves, wanting to learn about different aspects of business. Okay? Can we create a movement? We most definitely can. Okay? I share my information you share what, you know, you took from this episode and, you know, we can pass it on. That's how it works. That's part of the equation. So, again, make it a movement. Make it something that gets people involved, that makes people want to do something for the better good because that trickles down. You help this person, that person helps that person, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. Number three. You need to know your leadership style. I have come across so many people who have um, very distinct leadership styles, and I'm not sure if they know (laughs) their leadership style. They know their weaknesses. They know, you know, what they can't do. I hear this often. No, I don't know how to do that. I can't do this. I'm not used to that, blah, 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 blah. And it's, you know, it, it happens. It's cool sometimes. You know, I know I'm not good at some things, and um, I let people know that. And the flip side of that is I tell people 
who I work with is that I am a chronic overthinker. Like I just overthink almost every possible thing you can think of. <laughs> okay, I took a deep breath just to say that I am an overthinker. So that just should put things in perspective for you. Um, know your leadership style. So don't lose yourself in the process. It's so easy to want to do great things and stretch ourselves thin, um, be overbearing, um, really just not be a team player, but more of a director with a, um, oh my gosh, what do you call those pointers? I'm showing my age here. Quick story, story. I remember being a kid in grade school and to learn all the states, the teacher would point at the map. So she would pull it down from, um, I don't even know what you call that thing, but she would just uh, pull down the map from the from above the, the chalkboard. And she have a long pointer. She would point at a state and say, Montana. And then she'd go to a random state, Mississippi. South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, we would just say these random, <laughs> you know, she wouldn't go like down the East Coast and, you know, South and then go back up the West Coast, it was random things. So, um, yeah, don't lose yourself in a process. So don't be so overbearing that you are this, you know, leader with the pointer and you're just like, okay, you do this and then you do that and, you know, blah, 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 and it needs to be done this way. That doesn't work, especially when you're working with adults, okay? So um, make sure that you make time to regroup, okay? Things do pop up. Uh, sometimes people misunderstand things. Uh, when you're working with them. Also, sometimes plans don't go well. So it may seem like a great idea. Uh, you go forth with it, but some things just look good on paper, right? And then we try to apply it in real life, and no. <laughs> okay, so there's nothing wrong with doing a little regroup, even if you are working with people and you have to bring them back in in the huddle, you know, like, okay, this ain't working. <laughs> we need to figure out a different solution. Okay. And when you regroup, of course, you evaluate. So regroup is, you know, bringing yourself back to your center, whether that's um, making time for a break and you meditate, whether that's jotting everything down, you know, that's working, not working, and then evaluate. So when you evaluate, you're doing it all. So you're going to evaluate yourself, the people who you're working with or the people in your life, situations as a whole, you know, everything that needs to be evaluated, do it. Okay. And I know that may seem like a crazy thing to do. It's going to take up so much time, but you will thank yourself later. Put the work in now so you get the payment later. So when you are evaluating, uh, your whole uh, legacy here, which includes, again, people who are in your life, what you're doing, situations, you really need to be truthful. So even if you're talking with yourself, 
You know, so you want to look in the mirror, you want to say, okay, I need to take a few steps back from this situation. It's just not panning out. Um, I need to stop it altogether. I need to um, bring in a coach. I need to bring in a marketing person. I need to bring in a writer, you know, whoever you need to bring in or need to take out. That's what you have to focus on when you are evaluating. So what do you need to scale back on? What do you need to eliminate completely? But again, this goes back to your leadership style because some people are not good with that. So if you know yourself better, then you can address things in a way that's beneficial for you and eventually everyone else involved. Um, So what I will uh, suggest to you is to try different quizzes, okay, to understand your leadership style. Sorry, I know there's the, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the names, the Myers, Bristol Myers, I forget the name of um, a popular quiz you can take and you get like INTF, and that's really good. But I want to recommend another quiz to you. So if you go to skillsyouneed.com, so that's S-K-I-L-L-S, you need Y-O-U-N-E-E-D.com and you take a really easy quiz and uh, you get to understand more of your leadership style. For example, um, some of the styles that popped up for me were a visionary, pacemaker. The flip side to that is, as I stated earlier, I tend to overthink. So if I'm a visionary, what am I thinking about? That vision. And what else am I thinking about? How to make that vision a reality. So what do I tend to do? Live in the future. (laughs) All right. So, but, you know, and I took many quizzes before, but if I hadn't took the quizzes, I would think, oh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm not living in the future. I'm living towards my vision. Well, it's a a little bit uh, of a gray area. Okay. So yeah, while that is part living in the future, I had to remember that certain things need to be handled right now. So uh, that quiz also tells you what you need to work on more. So I really like it. It breaks down your strengths and your weaknesses. I know people are really great at telling people their weaknesses. So let's also focus on our strengths and not be afraid or self-conscious or whatever else pops up in your mind about your strengths, okay? Own it. You're creating your legacy. You want this to last. You want to do great things, okay? So, again, it's skillsyouneed.com, S-K-I-L-L-S-Y-O-U-N-E-E-D.com. So this will allow you to bring yourself back when you need to do these weekly or biweekly checks with yourself to make sure that your leadership style is on point and that you are doing what is right and that um, you are able to communicate with people more from a logical standpoint than a super duper emotional standpoint. I know it can be hard, but uh, one thing I have learned over the years, and I don't remember if I learned this in college, when I say I learned this in college and undergrad, is um, say you have to 
make a phone call or write an email and now send a text message. Uh, write it out before you send it. Talk about it in your head, the conversation before you make that phone call because you may sound silly 15 minutes later if you send that email or text message or make that phone call and leave that voicemail, you may sound silly. And I'm using silly very loosely. You may sound like a total jerk, an immature adult, you know, or you may just think, gosh, why did I even say that? I, I could have phrased that so much better. So know your leadership style so you know how you address people. So your leadership style may be uh, you, you work uh, based solely on your emotions, or most of the choices you make are based on your emotional standpoint. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that you should wait 20 minutes before you send an email if it's something that bothers you or if it's something that you don't want to send, which you know you have to send. And this could be something as simple as emailing your boss that you want to meet with him because you want to talk about a raise or, um, you know, calling someone to ask them to uh, help you out with something. And, you know, so again, take a deep breath, learn your leadership style, take multiple quizzes so you can get a, a um, an overall theme, you know, what's going on here and work from there. Number four, know what's important. You know, people are competing for your time, your energy, your money, and the list goes on and on and on with that. And you have to know what's important. Okay, some people, and I know this is going to sound very mean, some people are just not important in your life, meaning that they are just there to suck up all the energy. You know, they are not um, adding much value in your life. That person cannot be important in your life, okay, because they are draining you. They are not helping you. So keep that in mind. And it's very tricky, very, 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 very tricky because it's hard to let go of some people, especially if they've been around for a little while. But remember, people change. So while you may have been best buzz with someone two years ago and then all of a sudden, you know, life starts to shift, okay, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But remember, some people are meant to enter our lives for a certain time, and we have to understand that that could be anyone. And I, I know that there have been studies um, that say that if a person um, – is around you for seven years, then they're most likely to be there for the rest of your life. Okay, I'll take that. But also keep in mind that, again, people are competing for your time, energy, money, etc. And this is not necessarily a bad thing, okay, because your significant other wants your time and your energy. And of course, you're going to want money because, you know, maybe you guys got a house together, like, hey, honey, we need a new refrigerator. Or, hey, honey, we need to go on vacation. We need some us time. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. What I'm saying here, you have to understand what's important. Okay, so that person who is just leeching off of you, sucking all your energy, 
not important to you and your life. Their life, yes, is important, but they cannot be an important factor in your life. They cannot. They cannot because all they're going to do is drain you. Okay? And I don't want you to think of it as this or that when it comes to what's important because you're going to always be weighing things. Okay, is this or that, this or that. It's like the song, you can get with this or you can get with that. <laughs> but um, it shouldn't be this or that. It should be phrased differently. And what I like to do is uh, I talked about it in my second book, the if-then statement. If I do blank, then I can do blank. So it's not, uh, you know, I can't do that because of this. It's more of a, if I work on my personal development, then I can be a more um, effective leader. If I focus on the important people in my life, then I can have a more phenomenal, successful, happier, et cetera, life, okay? If I don't focus on what's important in my life, then I'm going to neglect those who are important in my life. So that's how that goes. I don't want you to constantly make a sacrifice or trade something in for something else because everything doesn't have to be a sacrifice. I understand that it's almost like a, a a badge of honor, you know, like, oh, I sacrificed, you know, my education, I sacrificed uh, my family, I sacrificed my life, you know, everything doesn't have to be a sacrifice. And you need to think about your non-negotiable. So what is non-negotiable in your life? I gave you an example. One thing that uh, is non-negotiable with me are people who would judge someone based on, you know, their tattoo or their hair color or, you know, how they live their life as long as they're not bothering anybody. I just, I can't deal with that. You know, that, like, I, I don't want the energy in my life, okay? And there have been a couple of times where I have really checked people and think, and, and, and well, yeah, I would think to myself, who are they to judge someone for how they live and if they're not bothering anybody, okay, they're happy over there, leave them alone. But also, you know, there are times where we have to say, I don't need that negative energy in my life. That needs to be at a distance. Okay, people with bad mindsets of, oh, who does that? Who who can do what you're doing and what you're doing, fill in the blank. Okay, I I have heard people talk about people who go on vacation as, as if that's a bad thing. Who can do that? You're going, where? It's like, come on, really? So one of my non-negotiable uh, factors in my life are people who just have a negative mindset. I cannot deal with it at all, okay? I just can't because everyone has something that is a taboo to someone else, you know, or something that someone else disagrees with because of their upbringing. And it may sound silly to us, but it's serious to someone else. So, you know, who has time to sit there and judge all that? <laughs> it's not bothering us. Okay, so your non-negotiable may be, uh, you know, your gym membership. 
you know, hey, I, I go to the gym. I'm not giving it up. That's the one thing I do. Or it may be um, you, you eat out once a week. Like I eat out once a week. I, I treat myself to a nice dinner. I'm not giving it up. Boom. That's it. Or you, you treat yourself once a month to a nice pair of shoes. You know, just think about what's important because you do deserve to treat yourself well. You do deserve to be surrounded by positive energy. And again, it does not mean that negative energy won't, you know, knock on your door, you know, just creep into your life. That's how it is because we have yin and yang energy, you know, the plus or minus, you know, there's male energy, female energy, there's good energy, there's bad energy, and it will always, always, always be there. What we want to do is bring in more of the positivity and minimize the negativity, okay? Because we're going to stub our toe, negative is painful, you know, we're going to have to get surgeries, we're going to have to wait in a doctor's office that feels like, you know, we're in the twilight zone of waiting <laughs> to see our doctor. We're going to have to deal with some things that just really makes us upset, okay? Someone's going to die in our family. As hard as that is to say, that's something that is negative in a way because it's, who wants to deal with that, you know? But again, it's life cycle, so that person gets to go to heaven, you know, all that. So really think about that. Last but not least, we have never lose sight but gain faith. Never lose sight but gain faith. And the reason why I said that, and I believe it was Eric Thomas. Was it Eric Thomas or Ray Lewis? I'm trying to remember. Um, so each morning, and so in case you haven't seen my blog post about how to make your mornings more magical, I talked about uh, how I love, love, love motivational YouTube videos. I mean, every morning, guys, I have either um, that playing in the background, some spiritual music playing in the background, or a silent. That's it. And the reason why I do that is because my mind needs that training in the morning. It needs to be primed for the world. So if I prep my mind with that positivity, by the time I step outside, by the time I check my news feed, you know, whatever's bad in the world is not going to affect me deep down to my soul. It used to really bother me when I watched the news and I would scroll through my news feed and I would see the most horrible post or video and it was upsetting. Now, it does bother me. It does, because there are some crazy things that happen in this world. But it's not that deep, horrible feeling that you feel in your soul. It's like, oh, my gosh. It's more like a, whoa. You know, like I'm much better mentally and spiritually and emotionally prepared to receive that bad news that I also, you know, I, I make it so I am aware of what's going on. But I keep it to a minimum. I don't watch the news throughout the entire day, you know, like 
the three o'clock news and the five o'clock news and eleven o'clock news. That's a bit much. But <laughs> going back to it, to my original point, and like I said, I don't remember which uh, speaker it was, but um, the the speaker said, you know, don't go forward with seeing with your sight. You know, you need to go forward in faith because at some point you're not going to see what you need to do. You're not going to see the next step. You just got to trust. You got to have faith. And, and that's true. If you think about it, okay, to make the legacy last, you don't know how it's going to be received in the next generation. You don't know how it's going to play out in the years on end. You just have to have faith that what you're doing now is going to continue better and stronger and as time goes on, so that more people recognize it, new people recognize it, new people embrace that, and it goes on and on and on. Just like when you have a business, you're going to want new people coming in, you know, new people discovering you, making these newfound connections. So, again, you're going to eventually need faith. You're going to hit a roadblock or a fork in the road. Now, there's going to be times where you get frustrated. What do I do next? Who am I supposed to talk to? Do I take this promotion? Do I go to this town? No. What's what's the deal? What's next? What 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 what? So eventually, you're gonna to have to have faith. It may sound like a cliche, but I'm telling you, it's a kind reminder because I guarantee you. There's going to be a point in your life where you're going to question yourself, how you came to this point, you know, and everything else. Your who, what, when, where, why, and how, and you're going to need faith. You're going to need it. Also, there are signs from spirit. And one of my favorite signs to receive are numbers. And sometimes I do get a little bit annoyed because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, if I see one more number, I think I want to scream. But here it goes. 111-777-000-1334-5050-444-333-222-1212. You get it by now. Signs from Spirit, Numbers. One in angel numbers has to do with um, holding your thoughts high. So having that level of positivity that just won't go beyond a certain point. So if you're having a bad day, maybe your positivity level is a six, okay? But you are so well-trained that you know that you can bring it back up to a 10, okay? Two is about keeping a faith, Keeping the faith. You know, you got to keep the faith. Hang in there. Uh, Things are going to turn around. You just got to keep the faith. Number three has to do with ascending masters. So Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, you know, these are um, ascending masters who are there to help you, to guide you. Four involves the angels. So that's the angels who are guiding you, nurturing you, you know, give you little hints. 
by the way, if you see feathers and pennies, coins, that's also, those are also messages from um, angels. Five means change is coming. Okay. Good, good change. Six has to deal with material things. So it does tap a little bit into money, but the materialistic things, like, okay, also in relation to um, your root chakra. So it has to do with focusing on what's that material thing for you. And in a lot of cases, money for people. Seven is you're on the right path. Um, eight, again, eight is the infinity sign. And I this is my favorite number. And I want to talk a little bit about eight. So eight, again, if you hold it sideways, it's the infinity symbol. It's um, one of the only numbers that you uh, you can draw without lifting your pen up off the paper. The thing that's special about eight is that it also has to do with great manifestation. My number is eight. And when I say my number is eight, I mean, like in numerology, I added up my my uh, my last name, first name, and stuff like that. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, so eight really has to do with abundance. Is where I'm getting at. Because again, you turn it sideways, it's the infinity sign. You don't have to lift the pen up off the paper. It just keeps going, 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 going. Okay, nine means to get to it. Hop on it. Don't wait. Begin now. Now is the time. Strike by the iron is hot. And zero has to do with the the beginning. So it, it also has to do with um, infinity, but it's more so of God, you know, God helping you, God uh, overseeing and nurturing you and really uh, helping you to own your strength and making sure that you stay on the path. So those are the numbers one or zero through nine. Uh, don't worry about it. If you didn't get it all, you can just press pause, rewind, and um, you can take your notes while you listen. Okay. And, you know, make sure you also have a personal mantra. One mantra or, you know, affirmation, whatever you want to call it, I have adopted um, is what Les Brown told himself when he was going through hard times. And he said, no matter how hard it is or how hard it's going to get, or I think he said how hard it will be, I'm going to make it. So no matter how hard it is or how hard it will be, I'm going to make it. So whatever your make it is, in this case, we're talking about our legacy, what we're creating and passing on to the next generation, and it could be your children or, uh, you know, people who you just take under your wing, your protege, whomever, this is it. You are going to make it. I am going to make it. Don't let time hold you back. Some of the wildly successful people we know to date took almost 15 years, in some cases, for them to get where they're at now. 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. 
some people didn't become world famous until they were in their 40s and 50s. So I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but what I'm saying here is that while we are growing, okay, whether it's on a personal level, a business level, while we are growing, everything we do is contributing to our legacy. Every single thing. This is one reason why the saying your reputation precedes you is so popular because everything you do goes before you. Before you even step into a room, people know who you are. You think they don't, you're highly mistaken. Even if they don't tell you, and okay, so scenario. Say you are going to an event. It's not a big event, you know, it was, it was meant to be an intimate event. Let's say 12 people. You should understand that some people, if not all, looked you up. <laughs> okay, so whether they went to your website, they went to your LinkedIn profile, they looked you up on Facebook, some way, shape, or form, they learned something about you. So what you put out there is how people are going to react to you, how they're going to, in a way, understand you. And this even goes through word of mouth, how people talk about you. Okay, so even if you don't have a LinkedIn profile or a Facebook page or nothing at all, people will talk. Good or bad, or somewhere in between, people are going to talk. All right, so that's part of your legacy. So think about that the next time you want to take the helm for something, you know, you want to be the leader in something, you want to figure out what's important in your life, or you want to gain faith because you, you really don't know uh, what you're doing, you're just trying to figure it out, you know, when you want to make a movement, when you want to become immortal, as I was saying earlier before, you know, think about all these things because all of that will precede you. That is part of your legacy. And it's really hard to shake some of the bad stuff off. Okay, so, you know, really keep that in mind right, going forward. So when you want something that you really worked hard towards to be a main factor in your life, again, whether it's your business, something in your personal life that you're striving for, know that it plays into the overall theme of your legacy. So 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to look back and think, oh, man, I did this, I did that. You know, this is so great. I was just having a conversation with someone earlier today who was talking about uh, looking back at their life and think, what have I done? What have I done? I want you to look back and say, what haven't I done? Because I've done so much, and I'm loving my life, and I'm not stopping no time soon. Okay, so those are the five growth strategies that will make your legacy last. Of course, I could go on and on and on <laughs> about this topic, but um, I wanted to bring in the top five, and I I, my favorite one really is to become immortal because, uh, again, film, the written word, speech, 
corporal works of mercy, guys, you you will become unforgettable. All right, and it will last. That will last beyond anything. So, don't forget to check out the blog. Is blog com. Uh, again, my Instagram is Tia underscore Johnson underscore. I would love to hear your question or love to read your questions and comments. Also, don't forget to um, subscribe to the blog and rate on iTunes. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day to with many blessings. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed, but that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA.